You're listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and deep calling to deep. Today's message is brought to you by Lead Pastor Kim Foreman. So again, you know I'm going to be transparent, hopefully. So number one, do I feel I am to correct other people's mistakes? I have a tendency to do that. I just have to tell you all, okay? So as I checked all these, I was like, oh, my heart's not right. Oh, Do I vent often to others close to me when I, someone hurts me or offends me? I mean, how often do we not go to the Lord and we, oh, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> we go to our best friend, our prayer partner, our husband. <clears throat> Am I more concerned about being right than anything else? Uh, do I have to have the last word in an argument? Oh, uh, oh don't, don't, don't you go there. Don't you go there. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Um, Are we supposed to be raising our hands? <laughs> <laughs> I like, duh. Do I feel everyone around me owes me an explanation about their thoughts, their deeds, and their decisions? I'm telling you, I just kind of checked them all. Do I allow my emotions and my anger to sometimes have full reign? Ouch. Do I give the cold shoulder to some people at different times? Oh. Do I assume the worst possible motive in others? <laughs> I have to work on that when I work with foster kids because every time I believe, oh, of course they didn't. Yes, they did. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, ah. Oh. Uh, kind of like police officers, you know, they kind of get hardened after a while. Um, do I think I know truly best and everyone would be so much better off if they just listened to my wisdom? <laughs> so, okay, I'm telling you, I was all in this. So uh, I'm really not preaching to y'all, I'm preaching to me. But, you know, the word's very clear about offense. Offense uh, causes divisions, it causes strife. It stirs up hatred. It even goes into anger. It uh, leads to unforgiveness. It leads to judgments. It divides families, churches, and it's often what causes divorces. So, let's say it again. Offense. It is one of Satan's most effective tools against believers. It's a spirit. I want you to get this. It is a spirit that attaches to us when we entertain thoughts. So the enemy drops into our minds when someone says or does something to us that's offensive, hurtful, could be unjust. At that split second, when we feel that pain, the hurt or the offense, we make the choice whether to become offended or not. Do you remember when I talked about the high place? I mean, it all again starts here. Yes, people hurt our feelings. Things they say and do bring feelings of what? Sadness, hurt, anger, wounding to our soul and wounding to our spirit. And I've taught y'all that your wounding to the spirit is a lot tougher to get over than the wounding to the soul. But nonetheless, pain is pain. They prick our deep scars of rejection and insecurity. We feel disrespected, treated unfairly, made fun of even. 
Often hurt gives way to anger because we don't mind showing anger, but not our heart because that feels weak. And so when we're not transparent just to say, I'm hurt, and you begin to hide that and you go into anger, that's really you're giving in to the spirit of pride. Because it's really the best thing is just to be open and honored. Hey, I'm hurt. I am injured. But we don't like to show that. that when we don't show that we're hurt and we cover it up and we get into anger, that's usually giving in to pride instead of transparency and just being honest. I am hurt. I am wounded. No, um, we, don't we don't want to show that. We don't. We don't. No. Those feelings aren't sins, but almost immediately the spirit of offense comes. Immediately. You have to choose whether to embrace it or to reject it. It's at that moment we have to make that choice. And if we make the choice to be offended, sin enters in. That's the door. Although you'll encounter offense, you can again choose will you embrace or will you reject. Um, Ephesians 4, 26-27 says, Don't let the passion of your emotions lead you into sin. Don't let anger control you or fuel for revenge, not for a day. Not for a day, the Lord says. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. So the companions of the spirit of offense, they don't come by itself. It's a threefold cord. And what do we know about a threefold cord? A threefold cord is not easily broken. It becomes like a rope. It becomes strong. And so you deal with one, it's still got the other two. And so there's some knowledge here that it always comes with a spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of judgment, and the spirit of pride. You're going to see all three working together. Luke 23, 24 says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. I mean, we are always going to go back to the cross when we talk about offense. Offense and unforgiveness are blessing blockers. So, if you're having a problem seeing blessings flow in our lives and heaven feels like brass when you pray, we need to do a heart check. It's time to let it go. It could be the very thing that's holding up everything, is that you're offended. If you fail to forget to deal with the offense, it will produce a lot of fruit. And what? Bad fruit. It will deal with unforgiveness. It will, judgments, strife, jealousies, hatred, envy, and bitterness. And our response to an offense determines our future. It's very important that we handle it and we handle it quickly. Remember, out of the mouth flows the abundance of the heart. It doesn't take us no time to talk to somebody. And if it's a negative Nate or negative Nancy, what do we see? We see an embittered, a hurt heart that needs healing. Uh, and there are times, again, you know, I always say the difference between a false prophet and a true prophet or someone called to prophecy, if their heart's offended, their prophecies are dark. Everybody's going to hell if they don't turn. <laughs> you don't hear the good stuff, you know, but it's that heart. Um, so how do we know the difference whether we're hurt or offended? Uh, being hurt and being offended are, are two really different things. Uh, and we rarely take the time to sort through both of them which leads us to feel all kinds of issues in our relationships. So, emotional hurt is something we experience because something wrong has been done to us. Think lies, gossip, broken promises. 
And if we're going to be honest here, we would also admit there have been times when we have hurt people. True, we all have hurt people. Offense is not the result of something done to us, it's something we choose. This can be our reaction to a bad email, something we discovered we didn't like about a person, a situation, or even something that stirs jealousy within us. And of course we don't have jealousy. No, none of us, right? Hurt happens to us. Being offended is a choice made by us. Now remember that. Hurt happens to us, but being offended is a choice that we make. So that's the thing. When it happens, at that moment, I hope this teaching gets in your spirit, and so you'll make that choice. I'm not going to get offended. I stand against offense. I don't know. I'm going to hurt. I might cry, but I'm going to stand against offense and opening that door to it. Um, but we may be, we may we, uh, remember today, God is the God of the hurt heart and the offended heart. He's here to help us sort through both. Uh, in the past, you know, few years that we've gone through all this COVID, we have become more isolated. A lot of people have become very isolated. I know we've come out of our cave, but we were in the cave for a while. And uh, there were things that hurt us. I mean, we were really heavy-hearted in those times. And, um, and it got pretty comfortable there. But you know what? We need one another. And that was part of Satan's plan is to put us in our homes and put us separate from one another. Because again, we're the body of Christ. We need one another. And uh, in those places of isolations, uh, and we don't have each other, it's easier to get offended. It's easier because, again, we don't have each other to hold each other accountable. Um, I like this. Uh, says this in Proverbs 19.11. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. We don't like that word, do we? I'm saying again, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So I want you to know that God sees that as our glory when we get hurt, but we choose not to go into offense and have patience with other people. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How often do you get the chance to become offended at someone? Guys, this has to be thought about every day. Every day. And, you know, I talk to this all the time about our heart because I'm constantly dealing with my heart. Um, to take something they said to the very depth of our soul and feel hurt, misjudged, angry, or bitter. How often do you retaliate? Have you ever tried just walking away? I don't because I answered yes to some of the yes. Um, Bob walks away. Kim stays and fights. Um, yeah. Have you ever tried returning an act of hostility with an act of kindness or generosity? And seeing what could happen? You know, we've got some scriptures on that. Y'all know that. About what is that about heaping coals or uh, <laughs> returning kindness? It has been said that you are either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. It has been said that 90% of the time someone offends you or hurts your feelings, they didn't intend to. Uh, so 90% of the time we take something the wrong way. That person didn't even mean to cause us pain. It is, really worth to start, is it really worth to start a small war, war in either the workplace or the church or within your family? Um, it's really not worth it. 
You really need to get to the bottom of it pretty quick. You know, I say this. There are evil spirits that scramble conversations. They are masters at causing offense. And they will, you'll say something, and by the time it lands in the other person's ear, they heard something totally different than what you said. That can come through text. That can come through emails. I mean, really and truly. So we, we need to realize that. And sometimes, again, something can build. We can be void of a relationship that would have been life-giving if we would have dealt with it in the beginning instead of letting the enemy get in there and talk to us and talk to us and talk to us and build those walls thicker and thicker and thicker. And then when we get to the root of it, we find out it was nothing like what we thought. Then we found out what that other person was going through at the time, and mercy begins to flow. We begin to understand why they were sharp, what was happening in their life, and then we've lost all that time from what? Getting hurt and then getting offended. So occasionally conflict and confrontation are necessary. And a lot of people don't like confrontation, but sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes people must be confronted with truth in order to bring change. But very often someone is simply in a bad mood, has an attitude of superiority, is suffering difficulties in their own personal life, or they just got up on the wrong side of the bed. And is it frankly worth feeding the fire? Though they never became close friends, um, well, I'm going to go into this story. This is a good story. Life is a slow journey of becoming the people we choose to be. It's a slow journey, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes, like when we went through COVID, I found out things that I thought I had overcome and dealt with were right back. I'm like, that root didn't come up. That thing just sprung up again. Um, so you must absolutely release your desire to see the person paid back for whatever wrong they have done to you. If any of the desires to see payback, remember this, if any of the desire to see payback remains in your heart, it's a sign that you have not truly forgiven. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's painful, huh? I know we're alone here, right? If offense has progressed to anger and hurt, and if the hurt runs deep, because of past wounds, you need to pray and ask the Lord for healing of those old wounds. He doesn't want us to carry around those wounds from the past. And you'll be releasing healing power into your situation with that prayer. Um, unforgiveness is known to be the cause of many people not receiving healing. We talked about that even last night at prayer. After they have been prayed for and have done everything else they know to do, it is known to be the cause of many people not receiving even their deliverance when they go for deliverance. So, unforgiveness gives other demons the legal right to stay. They will often pretend to leave, but that door is open to unforgiveness and they just come right back in. So, we all know the story, remember uh, the parable of the unforgiving servant. In the end, he was handed over to the tormentors. And if we don't forgive, we are also handed over to the tormentors. Some of that torment may visit us now while we are on the earth as disease, as a lack of peace of mind, as a trail of broken relationships in our wake, as many other things caused by anger and unforgiveness. 
So we need to remember that, especially if we minister to somebody who's tormented or we're being tormented, may have a real root of unforgiveness and people that aren't getting healed and delivered. You know, when we teach on, del on deliverance, one of the things I have in my fives, uh, different things that you have to look for before you even meet with this person for deliverance, the first thing is unforgiveness. If they have not chosen to forgive and if they're not at that place of forgiveness, you don't need to even waste your time because that has to come first. Um, Colossians 3, 8 says, But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy co communication out of your mouth. Anger left unchecked is like a hurricane op over open waters. And don't we know that? It gains strength, justifying itself as it goes, and it builds, and it builds until it swirls into something deadly that cannot be stopped. Proverbs 14, 29 says, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly or foolishness. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but either follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Resentment, the dictionary defines resentment as to feel or show hurt for something. Resentment is basically the, stay, the state of staying offended. You just stay offended. You have one offense after another. And you don't know the enemies in there trying to cause it to get worse and worse. And so, and then there comes the bitterness. Um, to be bitter means to show sorrow or pain. We have not let go of something that has hurt us. It should be sharp, disagreeable, harsh, resentful, or cynical. The dictionary likens the word bitter to the word bite. I find that very interesting. For bitterness does bite us, and it also bites those around us. Have you ever met someone that's up in age and they're just as bitter? They were bitter when they were young, but man, they are really, really bitter, bitter as they get older. Um, one very important thing to remember about the state of bitterness is that it's always blame-based. Shipped into blame. If you find yourself in a state of bitterness, examine your feelings, and you will find you are blaming someone for something that caused you pain, then trace it all the way back and you will find the original offense and see the progression through the anger, the resentment, all its way to bitterness. If you feel you're overreacting, that's true, overreaction. When something happens a trigger and you overreact, there is a real wound there. You need to go there. And say, okay, God, show me that. Why did I get so bent uh, and just so dramatic over that one thing that's a root of a wounding um, for you to over-exaggerate it? The enemy came into the picture. He tempted them with other deceptions. The door was already open through the sin of being unforgiving towards the other person. So he just walked right in there and he dropped thoughts like, this is where you get into this people that are like racist or they have problems with women. All women are deceivers. All men are chauvinists. This is also how people become, again, racist. Satan simply introduces a thought to them that uh, everyone of a certain race is bad while they are in a state of hurt disappointment or anger over what that person of that race did to them and they bite the bait and they fall into the trap. So sometimes when we're dealing with people that have racism, they've been injured and now you can see how Satan has built that up where they become racist. Many are unable to function properly in their calling because of the wounds and the hurts that offenses have caused in their lives. 
But make no, <laughs> this is truth too, but offended people still may experience miracles, um, uh, signs, wonders, and miracles. They may have prophecy, words of utterance. They may be strong preachers. They may have healing that's flowing uh, out of them for others. But there are gifts of the Spirit, not fruits. We will be judged according to what the fruit, not the gifting. A gift is giving, a fruit is cultivated. And that's why I said we got to know those that labor among us. You can have a power gift, but your character and the fruit of the Spirit's not been worked in you. And so there's other things where the enemy has a lot of legal ground. So we need to know there's some maturity and there's some been in the fire and been in the cave and the different places um, so that the fruit has been worked in us. Here's a good story. Everyone's mouth dropped, opened at the rude comment made to the receptionist by the higher-ranking female employee. The receptionist was a plain, quiet woman, not dressed very well, who went studiously about her work and tried to be friendly to everyone, though she never quite fit into the office. Uh, among Most of them were wealthy, her co-workers. She worked for a real estate office, and she, again, was the receptionist. Shock registered on the faces of all those that were standing around um, when they saw what this woman said and how she responded. And they were all with their face thinking, she didn't just say that. She turned and this woman walked away quietly back to her desk and resumed her duties. After exchanging their best, can you believe she just said that to her? They all returned to their desks. The next morning dawned a cool, crisp fall day, and employees were bustling into the busy office when the receptionist walked in and put her purse away, and an older woman looked curiously at the beautiful cellophane-wrapped cellophane mug of assorted chocolates and candies in her hand. It was brightly decorated with cheerful spirals of ribbons, and she had wrote something on a small cord and attached it with another ribbon curl. "'Whose birthday is it?' said the older woman." No one's, the receptionist replied. Who's the candy mug for, the woman asked. It's for Diane, she answered. If I were you, I don't think I'd feel like giving Diane anything after what she said to you yesterday, the older woman said. It's not really about what I feel like doing, the receptionist replied. And she walked off to the place of Diane's desk and put it on her desk. It would have been easy to retaliate against the girl for her remarks. She was the receptionist, after all. She answered the phone, after all. She could have done petty, spiteful things like lost important messages from prospective sellers or buyers or left callers on hold for a long time. She could have given hateful looks whenever she encountered her in the office or even gossiped about her to the other workers. But the woman was much wiser than that. She knew that conflict fed was conflict that would never die. That kind of reaction was immature and petty, and that was not the kind of person she wanted to be. Hmm. So, the words translated offend in Scripture can mean a couple of different things. 
It can mean to trouble, as in Matthew 17, 27, where Jesus sends Peter to get a coin out of a fish's mouth to pay their taxes with. But in Romans 14, 21, it means something else. It's good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. In this verse, the word translated offended in the Greek word means scandalosius, scandal a cause of stumbling or leading someone astray. But the one I find most interesting is in Matthew 10, I mean 18:7. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come and they do come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Here the word translated, offenses again in the Greek word means scandalous, and it means to entice into conduct which will ruin the person in quest. So in other words, to tempt someone to act in a way, you will uh, be the ruin of them. And isn't that what the spirit of offense does? It causes you to act in ways that could ruin your witness for Christ. You can't go around being offended all the time and be a true witness of the Lord or the love of God. And haven't we all had times when we became offended, angry, and sometimes resentful, and later the Lord required us to go back and ask forgiveness of that person? That's a hard place to go, but I know all of us have been asked to do that. I know I have, and I really, I really, I've already done it like two or three times this week. <laughs> I'll probably do it two or three times more next week, too. And I readily obey when he requires that of me because I know I have a tendency to overreact at times, you know, especially when someone hurts me in an unhealed area. It's like running a knife into an open wound. And what does it happen usually in the closest people to us? Am I right? Is it not our family, our kids? You know, somebody in the church family can hurt you, and it hurts, hurts, just like your family. Somebody outside, it doesn't. I can handle that a little better. But somebody I care about, somebody I love, ooh, that's where the enemy will get you every time. And it does feel like I'm just getting healing. I'm just feeling like I'm over that. And, uh, you know, even arguing with your children, even arguing with your children, they will say things that reopen wounds that you thought they were healed. Love overlooks offense, but pride overlooks nothing. It can also be very old wounds that, again, have never completely healed and are constantly being reopened. Offense is a fiery dart we must resist. Yet there are times when people hurt us and they should be told when they're doing it. A lot of times it takes courage to confront, and we don't confront. Telling them gets the hurt off your mind and gives them a chance to make what they did right. But then let it go and forget about it. To keep remembering it and thinking about it is what causes us to go to the next stage. And I know you've all gone through this. When you get hurt, I mean, it plays over and over in your head. You think about what you should have said. Ooh, if I had another chance. I mean, I know y'all have all the, I should have said that. Why did I not bring that up? You know, in those places where I should have. Remember when you did this and the, blah, blah. And we do that and we're almost tormented. But that's what that is. That's that spirit of offense. And so when we get hurt, know that. The next thing that's going to come is the viper, the offense, you know, that threefold cord of unforgiveness. And, and it's going to begin to speak to us. And it's going to try to get us where? Into offense, into unforgiveness, into bitterness, into resentment. 
it's a slippery slope that we, we fight all the time. John Bevere said in his book, The Bait of Satan, which is about offense, that how you respond to offense determines your future. The most effective ways I've discovered to stop offense before it starts is, number one, develop your love walk. How strong your love walk is depends on a couple of different things. And I bring this up because many of us beat ourselves up when we don't walk in enough love, thinking uh, it's a personal failing. But you know what? It may just be a lack of healing from the past. Your love walk depends partly on how much you understand, uh, your understanding you have of who God is. Your love walk depends partly on whether you have a dad filter. Our mind automatically associates like things. God is a father, so we will associate him with the dad we have or had here on earth. And the problem is this, God is a perfect father and earth fathers are not perfect. And since we met Earth Dad first, we see Daddy God through an Earth Dad filter. And that's a problem. This can cause bigger problems than you could ever imagine. If Earth Dad was always angry at us because we never measured up, we will constantly be trying to measure up and expecting Daddy God to be mad at us too. Since that's what we think dads act like. If Earth Dads constantly beat or punish us, we will always be looking for chastisement from Daddy God and expecting that next beating is coming. Your love walk depends partly on where you are in healing from past pain and woundedness. There's a mistaken belief out there that as soon as we get saved, we're automatically healed of everything and we're just perfect from then on. Well, hey, we older people, we know that's not true. We're still a work in progress, aren't we? Again, we get, we're an onion. We get one thing and there's another layer to go. Uh, and that's why I'm so big on inner healing because I'm continually going through inner healing. Hmm. I'm here to say we're not bad Christians, we're human Christians. And God works, through, uh, God works us through the healing process a little at a time to heal us from the enemy that has perpetrated us all the way through our lives and through what? Imperfect people around us. We must be patient with ourselves and patient with each other. And this is not easy on either count. It took years to get this wounded and it will likely take years to get healed. We need to have a realistic expectation. Yes, God. He can and does heal instantaneously. And we've all seen that happen. But more often, he takes us through the journey so what? We can recognize woundedness in our brothers and our sisters and we can help them on their journeys. And you can't do that if you have been healed in seconds. So it is. It's what we've gone through. It brings the anointing. And if we allow God to go to those deep places and heal us, well, then we have anointing to heal others. So I wish it was that quick, but it's not. I love it when we get revelation. I love it when we're looking at a root, and we, like I said, that dramatic uh, reaction to something so simple. Why did I go to that level? Why did that upset me so bad? It took me years of fighting with my oldest son. I mean, we went for years until I finally realized that the way he would speak to me was a root of the way my daddy spoke to my mother. And when I finally, I had wasted so many years fussing and fighting, if I'd gotten that route earlier, I'd probably learn to turn and walk away like Bob did. But, you know, I was always going to be in it and fight. So, 
uh, hours. I spent hours going through that, huh? So, offense is generally something we all deal with often and throughout our lives. If you have suffered many emotional wounds as a child or a young adult, you have a lot of healing left to do. You will probably find yourself having to fight this more often than those around you. And some of us know that we've had to go through a lot more inner healing than others. Um, there, this is something I have personally dealt with for decades because of my childhood and other abuse that occurred. It's not something we do intentionally. There are simply foundations that should have to be established in childhood and never were, and there were boundaries that had been violated because of poor parenting and the situations we were raised in. And, um, and so that has caused us to have filters, and we perceive others' actions and words differently than they sometimes mean them. And again, if we're hurt and wounded, we'll see through wounded eyes. Um, we'll see through, like what I said, all, all, just always thinking somebody's motives are impure. Um, so we see through pain, and that's not always true. And that's why, again, if you get to the root and you'll share, you know, you'll tell somebody you hurt me. I thought it was real interesting, too, is that, um, you know, one of the part of this teaching is that our armor that God gives us in, in the last uh, chapter of Ephesians actually says that the opposite of that armor is the spirit of offense. And so where we should have the helmet of salvation, you have the helmet of pride. Um, speaking forth lies, you, instead of having the breastplate of righteousness, you actually have a breastplate of unrighteousness. Instead of having uh, the shield of faith, you actually have a shield of hate. Instead of having feet that are shod in the gospel of peace, you have boots of anger. Instead of having um, the sword, which is the spirit, it's the hammer of judgment. You're ready to judge. Uh, and then you have a cloak of deception and a sword of bitterness. So this, is so this gives us so many keys when we talk to people that are so hurt. And this is why we have to handle people so carefully. There's so many broken people that are out there and they're hurt and they're offended. And, and, um, and how do we draw people by the love of God? You know, it's like I shared with y'all. I've walked the altar many times, you know, because um, I didn't want to go to hell. But it was actually the love of God and him doing some of the greatest, most wonderful things in the worst times of my life that brought me into the fullness of the Lord. And that's how we have to be with others. We have to love them. I'm not saying we don't need to turn the tables over in the temple, but I think we have to be careful because we have so many broken people. We have to try to show forth the love of God and, and his principles. But today, you know, I've been teaching on altars for two weeks. We're at the altar. I've given you rocks, and you know, I've told y'all before, if our hearts hold offense, what happens is that our heart becomes hard. And if we're not hearing from God and we're not experiencing God, a lot of times it's because our heart has grown cold because we've got rocks in our heart and we need a pliable, soft heart. So today we're going to play, um, we're going to play a song, and during that time, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit just to look at any place you feel a tinge, any place that you know that you're not completely healed and some forgiveness. I mean, it may have been something happened just this week. But, you know, write those names of those people and bring that to the altar and drop that in the basket and leave it there. And I would suggest, too, um, 
some of the most healing I've ever gotten in the early years is when we had first moved to Orange. God told me there were five people that had hurt me really bad. And really and truly, I didn't do anything to deserve what I got. But the Lord had me write letters to all five and ask their forgiveness. I got so released and so healed in that. And the response was so positive. I had an open heaven. I mean, I just had an open heaven. And sometimes if we're not um, experiencing God to the fullness, it's because we're holding on to offense. We're hurt. We're offended. And I would say, give, let the Holy Spirit, especially I believe we're in a new day with Restoration Church. We're going into the fall feast. This is the month of Elul. It's a time of repentance. It's the time of forgiveness. So I think this is a timely message for us to put our offenses at the altar and leave them there. And then I would say, you have the opportunity to go make it right. Call that person. Give them a mug with candy. I don't know, but build that bridge because, again, we are the ambassadors of Christ. And it doesn't matter. I love that sermon I love to teach is, do you want to be right or do you want to be reconciled? To be reconciled is more important than being right. Right's going to be pride. And we want to build bridges. And we're to come in the opposite spirit. So when we forgive them, just like Jesus on the cross, we can't hold nothing, nothing, uh, you know, without forgiveness. We've got to release them. And in releasing them, we get free. And, it's some, and the deeper it is, the harder it is. I want to say this, that, you know, I have a friend that I have gone to probably, this is probably the sixth, seventh time, but as long as I felt pain in my heart or I felt offense in my part, time and time again, no matter whether I try to rebuild that or, or go back into that and try to rebuild it and throw myself on the altar of love and take full responsibility for any place, um, it's never come back together, but I've done this six times. And, and what does God say? If I still feel that tinge, that hurt, that pain, I think about that scripture about 77 times. I mean, how often do we do it? Well, okay, I'll do it 77 times because I couldn't, like this week, I couldn't get up here, I could not get up here and give y'all something that I myself am not willing to do. And if it still hurts me, and I don't feel like I have a responsibility, but maybe I do. Maybe the enemy twisted thing. I'm still going to repent. I'm still going to say I love you. I'm still going to, what can I do to fix it? And, um, and offenses come. They came all week long. And I didn't handle them all real good. But I did raise righteousness in my home. <laughs> but even this morning, I got names on that rock. <laughs> It's a lot smaller rock than it would have been six, seven days ago. That <laughs> been a rock this big, but I'm challenging you. I want this house, and God wants this house to be a house of love. And we've got to teach because these deep things about forgiveness and offense is what's going to set the captives free. It's going to bring that bitterness and cleanse that bitterness. And that's where healings will break forth. We can't have signs, wonders, and miracles if people are in unforgiveness and they are offended. So we've got to deal with those things. We have to teach those things. We have to do it within ourselves so we have the authority to bring that healing to others and bring those truths at the altar. So in a moment, you know, a limb can grow out. In a moment, an eye can be healed. You know, but... This is what holds up healing, is bitterness, unforgiveness, offense. I believe cancer, I believe a lot of cancer is rooted in bitterness. 
And so um, it tells the story about in the, one of this ministry group where this woman was having um, some real urinary problems. And um, the director said, you need to go home and you need to get on your face because there's a root of bitterness. And so she did that and she realized that she was being affected in the genital, the genital areas and it all had to do back with um, her ex-husband, that there was still a root of bitterness that was still there. So I think that tinge, that hurt, that not forgiving, you know, or not forgetting. It's almost like have, y'all all have gone through that where you'll think of a, a situation that happened and you won't have no emotions in it. You're like, wow, that's a good testimony, but you won't have any emotions there. But if you still feel that ache, that stab, oh, I don't want to go there, oh, they, they may hurt me again, or oh, that's a place you need to go. <laughs> that's a place we need to go. So we're going to play this song um, about building the church. And so I'm just going to ask you as you sit there and you listen to it, you know, let the Lord go back. And then let's this be a sacrifice at the altar today that we're going to let go of our offenses, that we're going to allow God to have those, and that we're going to make a sacrifice. Here's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice of prayer. It's a sacrifice of your life and pride when you decide to go and ask somebody to forgive you when you know you really didn't do anything wrong, but they're offended at you. Whether the enemy took it or not, I will tell you it's humility to go say, I'm sorry. Whatever I've done, whatever this wall is, what can I do to make it right? How can I fix this? Do you want to be right or do you want to be reconciled? And then if they choose not to, let me tell you, the glory of the Lord will be on you because this is the glory of man to... To, to truly be an ambassador of Christ and come in the opposite spirit. We set somebody free just by us forgiving them and going to them and handling things. <laughs>